On this episode of Resi Week, Smart Things debuts the Hey Mercedes, as well as residential acoustic designs. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 248, Lost in the Numbers. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Vanco International. Learn the technology behind the award-winning EVOIP, AV over IP system. Become EVOIP certified today. And by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV host Matthew Scott for avnation.tv and this week we are pleased to be joined by three of my favorite people first we have Jamie Briesmeister she is the CEO slash boss lady at integration controls how are you Jamie hello Mr. Matt I'm doing well thank you very much well thank you for joining us then we have Samantha Ventura she is the VP of education and training at Cedia how are you ma'am very well thank you thanks for having me Matt good to see you good to see you I, I like the fireplace in the background thank you I lit the candle because it was cold because I left the window open. <laughs> Haggai has no idea what we're talking. I was playing in snow this morning, Haggai. I had a <laughs> fantastic 30-minute snowball fight with my five-year-old. It was great. And I won. It's uh, the same, but nope. You're missing out. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that is Haggai Finer. He is the CEO of Access Networks. How are you, sir? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We are going to uh, jump right in with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. Samsung SmartThings is going to drive the Hey Mercedes smart home functionality that is going to be coming in the 2021 Mercedes-Benz S-Class. It's the first native in-car home assistant system that's going to be integrated into a smart home platform, which is really, really cool. Jamie, I want to start with you. I see this and get oddly excited. I think this is really, really cool. Um, are we ready for this true kind of connectivity between a car and your home? Are we ready from a technology standpoint? Um, it's there. Is it fully connected, ready for mainstream yet? Not exactly sure about that. Um, I'm oddly excited about it as well, quite frankly. Um, the idea of you know pulling into your driveway based on your car and not your phone is really intriguing to me as opposed to the, the geofencing that's available in some apps now. Um, I, I kind of like the idea. Um, it's an interesting opportunity for us as integrators to reach out to car audio installers and car audio businesses and even potentially forge a better relationship. I know that um, the best installers are previous car audio guys. So that's certainly an, another benefit of connecting to that group as well. But um, I'm, I'm oddly excited about it as well, Matt. As far as it, I'm, I'm surprised that Samsung was the kind of go-to choice though. Ooh. <laughs> so I, I, I can, sh well, yes, I can shed some level of light on that. Okay. Samsung and, and Harman in particular, uh, when Samsung acquired Harman, a large part of that was the in-car um, entertainment suite that Harman had had in, oh gosh, 
I'm, I'm not going to get the number right, but a large number of manufacturers yeah, that had been standard on Harman in, in car entertainment or infotainment, if you will, um, which is kind of why, where that came from. Uh, so that's very, very cool. Samantha, let me, let me ask you this. Is this the beginning of more to come or is this just, I, I'm, I'm trying to separate the difference between, you know, using a, uh, a, a an echo for your car, which they brought out, uh, I believe a year and a half ago to limited success. Um, but using Surrey or using anything on your mobile, as Jamie alluded to, is this going to be the big step that moves it forward? especially when you look at the power of Mercedes and uh, Samsung? The big step, I don't know if I would say that. I would say an exciting step. And sometimes when we see things like this, they become a little jump. And then we see a lot of things spring from them. I would suggest that that's probably a better way to think of it. Um, you know, sometimes we have things in technology and you can immediately see them and you're like, okay, this is groundbreaking. This is going to be setting the margin and the foundation for so many other things. I don't necessarily think that's exactly what this is, but I think things like this spark thought and other things. And then that's what keeps it moving. Um, they're definitely hitting a, a target that, um, loves the experience within the car, the high, uh, you know, expensive cars, things that are, uh, you know, a little elitist. And so they're definitely hitting this area too. And I think that, um, there's going to be a lot of room to grow from this particular arena i think from my very, perspective very good speaking of elitist that's a terrible run over to you. i'm kidding i'm kidding man i'm just messing with you i when i saw you were on and i saw this story come up hey guy I, I got excited for two things one i want you to speak to to something that they, they allude to in the article is potentially being time for integrators to part, partner with automakers and respectfully to to the to the channel we have a hard enough time <laughs> as integrators usually uh, partnering with manufacturers, let alone Mercedes-Benz or Ford or GM or Tesla. And, but before you jump into that, can you, can you give us some insight? Because I know you've got a Tesla. Is your Tesla, sorry, I didn't want to like throw it out there. But does your Tesla do any of these things yet? Is this something that you've played with already? Sure. Well, the Tesla vehicles are smarter, if you will, smarter. A lot of this is if this, then that uh, type configuration. But, you know, you have suspensions that knows the curb and knows to, to lift the car before you get on, on that curb based on your GPS location. Uh, so there's a lot of built-in stuff to, to the vehicle that is far more advanced than what I've seen with other manufacturers. I also have an Audi it's kind of stuck in 2014 and it's a magical vehicle of its own, but it has never progressed. So for Mercedes-Benz to make this move makes sense because they need something new to show. And frankly, you know, in the end, the S-Class, even if it's brand new, you know, it, it's still an S-Class. And if I was to go buy one, I'm, I keep asking myself, why have they not transformed into clean energy? That's the big challenge to, to tackle. Uh, integration into the home, uh, I think is more difficult. If someone was to take on it and do it successfully, I see someone like Tesla, who is a tech company making cars, not a car company necessarily making cars, uh, being able to pull it off. And a conversation I had a couple of years ago with Alex from Josh AI is that I thought that, you know, putting Josh in a box was almost limiting the product. And Josh needed to live on any platform that I use, meaning 
if it's my phone, if it's in my car, meaning wherever I go, I would want that piece of software with me. And when it gets smart and when things get um, moved forward to, to a point where something like this is allowed, I totally see your operating system, be it Crestron, be it Josh, be it, you know, smart things, whoever's going to get there. I don't know who's going to get there first, but that will be something that travels with you, not something you leave behind. Because right now, you know, I can have the most advanced system at home. As soon as I leave, I'm disconnected and maybe I have an app and I can go and control things, but it's not something that goes along to, to the next journey with me, right? Or that, that I could interact with in a way that would be meaningful to, to control my car and my house and have them completely sync up with whatever I would like to have them synced up. Let's say if I leave and I play one, you know, I play my music in, in a backyard and then I want to enter the car and continue playing the same track. It will take a lot of work for multiple software manufacturers to make that happen. It will probably take less effort for someone like Tesla to make that happen. And I, my prediction is that someone like Tesla either will partner and create a space within the car that would allow another operating system to reside in. And that would be external to, for example, driving mechanisms and stuff like that, that is more life safety, or Tesla is just gonna do it on its own because it has the ability and it has the ecosystem, just like Apple has its own ecosystem. Yeah, I vote for the... Uh, the really take over the world, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. That's but, at least that's what Elon told me. I, I, hope, I hope that we get to play a part in it because all of it will be driven by the network. It will be driven by integration. It will be driven by specific tastes of clients who want to see panels in the house, like, you know, touchscreens, or maybe they don't. Maybe it's all voice. Someone's going to need to be there to do all this work mm -hmm. from design, engineering, implementation, uh, delivery, service. It's not going to be Tesla. It's not going to be Mercedes. Guess what? It's going to be you. Yep. Very good. All right. Let's uh, change directions for a moment and uh, talk about an article that comes to us from htacertified.org. Serenity Now Bad Home Acoustics are leading to negative health consequences over time. Uh, it, it, this is a lengthy article, and and thank you, Jamie, for for bringing this to our attention. Uh, but it is a fantastic article. Uh, as you read through it, it, it covers some stuff by Steve Haas as well as Anthony Gramani talking about the acoustics within the home and how those acoustics uh, can either uh, affect you negatively or positively. And you know, we had a we had a bit of an email chain discussion about this as as uh, Jamie sent it over our way. So I want to, I want to start with you, um, Samantha, on this. And you had mentioned something about using audio in your home to change the, uh, the feeling and, and the vibe as you were going through quarantine and uh, had some of your kids at home, and you had a, a workplace situation that had to happen. Um, over the last two weeks, I had to take a drive down to Florida, stayed in a litany of hotel rooms as well as in a condo. And politely, I'm very used to my own home. It's got some hard surfaces, but it also has a lot of soft surfaces so that I don't get reflections and I don't get all this, mm -hmm. you know, bad acoustics that drive me mad. We, uh, on the first night we stayed in a traditional hotel room that was good. It was quiet. My kids running around didn't concern me. The second night we stayed in a hotel room that had the cool new modern 
aesthetic. <laughs> Hard surfaces stinking everywhere. And my kids, having been cooped in the car for 13 hours, decided, you know, this is the perfect time to run around the hotel room and bounce off the walls. Why not? Bad acoustics. <laughs> give us some, give us a quick overview of, of kind of what you did and, and, and how changing the acoustics in your house changed the kind of the effect and, and, and the, the feeling that you were going through during quarantine. Well, I'll say, I mean, this is something that I feel so strongly about, even when you're going to restaurants or different things, I think that lighting and of course sound can make every bit of difference and it doesn't matter. I mean, even if the food is amazing, it's like, no, I'm not going to go in there. It's just assaulting. It's either aesthetically assaulting or it's like assaulting to my ears. So at home, I think what we start to realize now, especially since we've been home for so long with so many different family members, we all have a different varying degree of what is acceptable and what's okay. So for my children who are in college, they'll sit there and they'll be on their phones at just whatever level volume that they want, and it's competing with other things. So again, there's things that are now being taken out of maybe our control of what we before were able to design around or think about and now have been brought into our space. And as we're looking at being much more either working from home or more shared spaces, it doesn't even matter how large your space is. You really have to um, set boundaries in place um, and then work with the design around that as well. And so what I mean by that is I started, and I, I think I wrote you guys this and just kind of did it on my own where it's like, I was starting to realize that everybody had uh, all, all bets are off, whatever we want to do at any time, level of noise and activity. It was like, it's very Pavlovian. If you think about it, you set something in motion, people start getting used to it and then they just kind of do it. And sometimes that's good and bad. Um, but in this case, it was good for me. I chose what I wanted to listen to. It started in the morning and went into the afternoon, evening, and now it plays all the time. And so as soon as that came on, it was almost like, okay, shared space. It's almost like you walk into a library, you have an expectation. So you get to kind of formulate that. I think well-being, mental health, all of these things are so much bigger than even what we were thinking before. They've been fast-tracked into our topics of consideration. And um, they're going to be something that we have to focus on this next year in order to stay relevant and current more than ever before. So I did that and it's worked. So do it. If you want to set the tone in your house, just start moving it along on your own and you'll be surprised people do follow suit. Yeah, very good. Haggai, one of the things that I wanted to get into with you on this, partially just because of what you do every day, you deal with, with networks, which again, it's really easy to put on paper. It's really easy to demonstrate, you know, how fast the network is and, and how that will better affect your life. But until you experience it, sometimes those numbers don't necessarily add up to a real life experience. Acoustics is kind of the same way. If you've ever tried to sell acoustics, you walk in and you, 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 you go through the facts and the numbers and, and say, yes, this will do this, this will do this. Here's some really cool pictures and graphs that show you how sound is reflecting in your room. And the client goes, yeah, whatever, I don't care. But once they experience it, their life has changed. How do you go about properly having that conversation without getting lost in, in the numbers, nor getting lost in this ethereal Ooh, this will be amazing. Well, I think there need to be a little bit of numbers to back up the science, but for the most part, the conversation with the homeowner should really stick to lifestyle. Think of you, you know, if I came to you and told you, hey, this new Wi-Fi six access point is going to give you uh, gigabits, terabits. Who cares? Is it going to work? Is it going to satisfy my requirement, my personal requirement for 
all my kids to be able to stream and learn and for me to be able to work. That's really what I'm looking for as an end user. I'm not looking for the stats and the graphs. And <clears throat> I think sometimes things get lost there and in, in the statistics and the numbers where if we're looking for room treatments for specific purposes, if it's a theater, uh, even in our, our house that we're building now, the conversation is what do you do with the second floor? Is it thin set? Is it a second layer of uh, plywood and cork under the floor? And that's really what I'm looking for to make sure that I'm not hearing everybody running, you know, back and forth on the second floor while I'm below trying to do some work. And um, just as uh, Samantha hit on just a second ago, this is ever more important because this is now our primary space, meaning it's primary space to live, to work, to learn. We're kind of, you know, we're in this space all the time, unless we have somewhere to escape to. But, you know, your home now is, is more important than ever before, which again, I think, A, it's an important conversation to have. Uh, B, I found myself carrying meetings out in my car because that's the only quiet space in the house. Um, and it's, it's happened multiple times. Uh, another good reason to have a Tesla because you don't need an engine running to be able to do that. Um, and I think ultimately homeowners will choose what they want to do based on the value that they place on that specific item on your bid. Meaning for me, and, and the, I think this is why we've had the crazy year that we've had, networks have been kind of highlighted from the, you know, the bastard child on the integration job. Now we're the platform for everything, right? And that's that took 20 years to get there almost. Um, but here we are. And so acoustics, you know, lighting. Uh, David Weinstein and I went to dinner uh, maybe two years ago. We were in Indy, went to dinner on our own, just the two of us. We sit down, we order, food shows up. It doesn't look amazing. It tastes amazing, but it doesn't look amazing. And David Weinstein looks up. And he says, you know, this is a problem. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a cool vibe. You know, it's, it's dark here, you know, Edison bulbs, all that stuff. Well, he's saying, look, these, these bulbs don't show you your food the way they should. And there is a love, there is something called CRI, which I've never heard of that uh, term before, but that is how true the light is to show you the real colors of whatever you're looking at. So you're looking for high CRI bulbs, 23 and 2700k is not going to cut it and this is of course where tunable lighting comes from the, that idea which is really amazing if you've seen it in person and you know what my, my bottom line is everything matters and what matters to a specific client we're not going to know but if i could show up and if i was an integrator and i'm not you are and jamie you are if i could show up to a house and bring four lights with me in some kind of pelican case and set them up in a room and turn it on at 2,300 and then at 5,000 and at 3,000 and demonstrate the change in vibe that you get, which when you see it for the first time, your brain just explodes. It's kind of like a really nicely tuned two-channel system where you listen to that and you have that experience and you've listened to Blackbird and it's just perfect. It sounds like you just saw that live performance. You, you walk away here. Here I am talking about my dinner with David Weinstein from years ago because that moment really changed the way I look at lighting in restaurants. And ever since then, I walk in a restaurant, I'm like, who did the lighting design here? Uh, and guess what? In my house, of course, I'm going to invest 
and uh, try to shoot a little higher. And we're getting a color beam system exactly because of those challenges that I am aware of. My family doesn't know, but I'm now educated, which is a key point. And as long as you edu educate the client, give them choices, let them pick. And, and most likely in today's climate, they'll pick the better option. Very good. Jamie, let, let's, let's wrap this up with you. And again, thank you for bringing this article to our attention. Um, the, the question that I really wanted to, to get into with you was, again, I, you don't need to convince me that acoustics are important. I've worked in studio. I've worked in house of worship for years. We would happily spend as much on the audio as we do on the uh, sound control. The, 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 the reflections and, and the engineering to make sure that that audio only goes where we want it to go. Residentially, that's always been a harder hit. When you're talking with not so much homeowners, but designers, we already know the challenges that technology as an industry usually has with dealing with designers. When you get into something like uh, acoustics and not just, hey, when we put speakers here, it will change and affect the acoustics of the space here, but like deep into what you put on the floor is going to change things. What you put on the wall is going to change things. Hey, maybe we can put panels in the ceiling to absorb something or, or, or again, mess with the reflections. Can you, can you have that conversation with, with a designer? Do they want to hear it? And if they do, how do you, how do you bring them to your side of understanding that some of this is important? Uh, the, the greatest part about the wellness movement, I think is that's a, that's the way that you can talk about it. Um, because a, a lot of times when designers hear the term acoustic panels, they think of the ones they saw in their, you know, commercial school environment with Guilford main, uh, fabric that's really, it looks like a burlap sack. Like they, they kind of like immediately, at least in my experience, um, kind of, automatically envision one solution they saw one time of what acoustic panels can look like. And if they envision that in their home, it's an automatic no. So instead we talk about um, how you feel in your home, which is not always what designers design with. They design with their eyes more so than their senses sometimes. So we talk about more how you feel according to wellness. We can talk, you know, like Hagai mentioned, lighting and, and color temperature and color rendering and all of that. But the acoustic side with um, hard surfaces, with choosing really good window treatments. There are window treatments out there that have bad motors that grind and make terrible noise as opposed to others that are nearly silent. Uh, same with um, television lifts. You know, the cheap television lifts that are crappy will shake and shimmy and buzz and make all kinds of noises when they're moving. And other ones are nearly silent. So when we're really designing with a designer, um, we have to kind of mention all of those things and talk about all those properties. It's, it's the fit finish, but it's the feel once, it, once it's in place. And since we've had that experience, we know how to put into words um, what it's like if you don't pay attention to that early on. Um, most designers and telewellness movement really kind of came about, I didn't have a lot of people really asking about acoustics until it was a problem. Uh, now it's a, it's more on the forefront because it is, it's truly something in their, in their well-building standard that they have to look at. 
Um, and so those designers going into the commercial build, trying to become well building um, or get their building well standard or certified rather, um, they have a, a little bucket that they have to look at that says acoustics. Uh, residentially, it's still different, you know, and uh, it's nice to have a tool like talking about wellness to kind of open the door outside of the graphs, outside of the science, um, which is all really relevant. And it, like Hagai said, it really backs it up, but it's really just uh, a visual for the experience that you feel inside your home. And you don't always know what that looks like on paper until you're in it. Yeah, very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave it there. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Jamie, if people want to connect with you and learn more about integration controls, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at control STL or on LinkedIn as well. You can also email me, Jamie at integrationcontrols.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Samantha, my friend, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about all the education and training that Cedia has to offer, where can they do that? Yes, please connect with me at, um, well, on the Cedia website, you can find me there, but uh, my email is sventura at cedia.org. I'd love to hear from anybody. So please connect anytime. Excellent. Haggai, my friend, thank you, sir, for taking the time. If people want to connect with you, learn more about your new Wi-Fi 6 uh, access points and access networks in general. Sorry, we didn't get time to cover that article. Uh, where can people connect with you? Thank you, Matt. Uh, find me on Twitter. Let's talk there because that's the easiest way. And usually you get an immediate response versus emails and LinkedIn. I feel like Twitter is faster these days than any other app that I use. So at Hagai Finer, I'm the only Hagai Finer in the world. So it should be easy to find. Now you're going to make me see if I can find another one. You know that, right? Go ahead. Because I am not the only Matt Scott. It's, I wasn't the only Matt Scott in my high school. You're, you're replaceable. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. Did you say replaceable or irreplaceable? You know, I'm irreplaceable. because You are. Me. Yeah. Wow. Not sure how I feel about that. Thanks again, all of you, for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 